A lot of things have changed in 16 as we move into 17, but Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So he's not going to change, is he? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Aren't you glad about that? I know there's a lot of uncertainty today, and I realize that there's no way around that, except when you realize as a believer, uh, we have a foundation that is not going to shake. It's going gonna, it's gonna to last. And so if anyone ought to be encouraged and uplifted and excited about 2017, I'm surprised some of you made it. <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, that, that talks about the grace of God. And so we're excited about that. Had a neat thing happen on the way up to speak. I had someone ask me, said, do you guys have services on Wednesday night? We do. Some of y'all don't know that, do you? We actually study the Bible verse by verse on Wednesday night. And you say, yeah, I've been, I've been thinking about wanting to come to that. Well, you come this coming Wednesday. Go ahead and read chapter 18, 19 of the book of Acts. to kind of give you a little bit of background. And we meet right over in the next building, the portico. You can go through that entranceway right over there. And come and study the Word of God with us. You know, it's amazing. We say God's Word will change our life. Well, if that's true, do you believe that's true? Amen? That God's Word will change your life. And it just makes sense that we would try to get as much of God's Word into our life. I mean, you know, you have an opportunity right at the very beginning. And, you know, coming to church and things like that are a holy habit. You know that. I mean, we're, we're creatures of habit and patterns, if you will. And so I encourage you, kind of get that. If you'll come four Wednesday nights in a row, you may get into a habit of doing that. And if you're coming four, nights, four Wednesday nights in a row and you don't like it, then stay home. And so you're anyway doing it. But So I encourage you to make every effort to be a part of that. We'll have a wonderful time studying God's Word together. We, we have prayer time together. We study God's Word basically together. So I encourage you about that. Two scriptures, James chapter 4. Go ahead and turn there if you would, please. And then Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We'll be in both those areas, James chapter 4 and Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Uh, go ahead, Ben, put that, that slide up for me. This is pretty much what 2017 looks like. You have 365 days, 364 and a half now. Uh, in fact, after, after this service today, you've spent 39,000 seconds already this year. You have 8,760 hours. You have 525,600 uh, 525, minutes, 31,000,000. Get that. You have 31,536,000. We have a lot of time, and you, at least we think that. We have a lot of time. And, you know, when I talk about, you know, how brev the time is, we kind of think, well, I have 31 million. 31 million seconds in 2017. And, and so we look at that. We say, man, we have, we have all kinds of time. But the Bible says, if you look there in the book of James, the Bible says in the book of James chapter 4, something that I think is uh, very pertinent. He says this, verse 14, chapter 4, James, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. In other words, we're not really sure what tomorrow is going to hold. We don't know what's going to be on tomorrow. We don't know exactly what is going to happen. And then we think we know. I mean, we, we believe that we know, but we don't really know for sure what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure you're praying about different things going on in your life. And, and I hope you have uh, plans and uh, purpose for this coming year of 2017. And, and I hope you understand how valuable time is. It's a sad thing to get to a certain age you think, boy, time really was valuable. It's always valuable. But the Bible says we don't know about tomorrow. But here, here's the interesting question. For what is your life? 
if I know anything about the Word of God, this is a personal book. Would you agree with that? This is not, this is not a book of just suggestions. And this is not a book, you know, uh, talking about them. It's like when they say, well, you know, they're not friendly over there, or they're not this, or they're not that. The Word of God's pretty clear. It's a personal book. God has said things directly to you. What I'm saying this morning is whatever you hear from God's Word, please take it personally. Because that's how God meant it. Uh, it wasn't a book of suggestions. It's a, it's a book of direction. It's a book of wisdom. It's a book to us understand the, the pathway to heaven and how to live this life that we have here today. So for what is your life? What a great day to ask that question. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, we've got, we've got millions and millions and millions of seconds before us. And we need to probe, and, and I realize that when we talk about things like this, I'd rather talk about you and your problems than me and my problems. Uh, I'd rather talk about anybody else but me, but, but, but the only person I have really some, <laughs> not total, but some control over is me. I can't respond. I mean, I cannot, you know, how you respond to things, I can't deal with that, but I can deal with how I respond back to you, you see. And so James is asking the question that I believe is uh, certainly an eternal. What is your life? Here's what he says. And it's hard to accept this in light of 31,536 seconds that we have. He said, it is a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanished away. What he's saying about life this morning to us guys and gals is that he's saying that life is a vapor. I mean, it appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Some of you, you can think back when you first, certain milestones in your life, when you first got your license, when you first had your first date with that young lady, and, and, and on it goes. Now you've been married 100 years, and, you know, it's just gotten better and better <clears throat> and better. But, uh, <clears throat> got to get through that. But so, so I, just, I just encourage you, it's weak as you get a little more mature, you understand life is really like a vapor. It just seems like yesterday you were in school. And so we realize the Bible's real clear that, that life is, there's a lot of brevity in life. And, and if that's the case, then the question this morning I want to ask, how, how am I going to live 2017? As I look back at 2016, do you have some regrets? Are there some things you wish you had done, but you didn't? Uh, are there some things that you did do that you were glad that you had done, done those things? But, but as you look back at uh, 2016, there's not a lot I can do about that. Uh, there may be some things that I need to get right about. <laughs> we can do that. But, but in reality, not much I can do about that. But, but here before me is 2017. I've only used 39,000 seconds of it. I got millions and millions of, of seconds left, hours and days and weeks and months, and, and I can do something with that. And this morning, I want you to understand how exciting that ought to be for you. How you ought to look forward to it with anticipation. Don't, don't accept what the world, oh, and, you know, there's some folks that, that brighten the room when they leave it. Have you seen those people? Are you those people? I mean, you know, it's just gloom and doom all the time. You say, well, preacher, it's a serious thing. Hey, this life is serious. No one gets out of this life alive. So see if you're awake or not. And so, so, so what are we going to do? Well, I, I hope things are working out. Well, I, didn't, I ain't going to get it done. But I believe, no, no, uh -uh. no, we, we need some help, guys. When we look at 2017, we need some help. 
You may be disappointed in 2016. Let me tell you this. If you keep doing the same thing and accepting a different results, you're crazy. That's insanity. I believe because it's 2017, it'll be better in 2017. Why? If you don't do anything different, you make no changes, no adjustments, it will not. In fact, it'll be worse. Be worse. We need help. Well, Ecclesiastes, you're in chapter 3. I want to read another verse to you. 6.12 says this, For who knoweth what is good for man in this life? So Ecclesiastes tells us, who knows what's good for man? Well, we know that, that God knows. Uh, we, we're aware of the fact that God is aware of what's going on in our life, that, that he understands the things that we're going through, that, that nothing catches him by surprise. And I'm glad for that because a lot of the things in 2016 caught me by surprise. Now, there's things that happened last year I, I can't believe. Now, I'm glad that God's up in heaven saying, can you believe what happened that last year? Now, you've heard me say it so many times. Has it ever occurred to you it's never occurred to him? Uh, he's never in the dark. He never wonders why. I mean, he knows. He's sovereign. He's aware of all this. And so we need help. And so you know what God did for us? He gave us a guy named Solomon. If you know much about Solomon, he's very wise. Now, being wise didn't mean he didn't make stupid decisions. Because he made some stupid decisions. But the Bible says, well, how do you know that Solomon was wise? Because God said he was. See, God said he was. And over the next two weeks, we're going to look uh, through these verses in chapter 3 and of Ecclesiastes and try to glean some things. It's my desire for, to give you this morning some things that you can kind of start building the foundation. You can start getting ready for 2017. And, and what I want you to do, I want you to happen to 2017. I don't want it to happen to you. I don't want you to be a victim. I don't want you to simply say, well, I'm just doing the best I can because the best you can is not good enough. We need more than that. And I'm glad that Solomon has taken the time to be here this morning. Say, wait a minute, preacher, are you getting mystical? No, I'm getting biblical. Because he's right here. What he thinks about stuff is right here. It always amazes me. I wonder what God thinks. <laughs> Why don't you read your Bible? He'll tell you. He, he, has, he has not a problem telling you what he thinks about stuff. And so we want to know, unless you've come this morning and 2016, you, it was a banner year for you. You had no problems, no difficulty. I mean, everything worked out for you. Everything, you know, if that's the case, then you're you, you really in the wrong place. I mean, you know, here at Sunshine, we just fellow strugglers. We're just trying to get it done. You know, we don't have it all together, but, but we want to have it all together, okay? So we find that here in this particular scripture, he's going to talk about some things that, about time management. And uh, we are living in an age of so many time-saving devices. I mean, iPads and cell phones and, uh, and, and kitchen improvement things when women used to cook. <laughs> I almost marked that out, but nah, I said, it's the first year. You know, back, I mean, all these labor-saving uh, uh, devices and you know, all these things that you have that save all your time. I, you're familiar with them. You can buy any la labor-saving device, time device, for $19.99. Or several easy payments of something. I mean, it's out there if you want. And so, but isn't it interesting? Uh, through the years we've seen, it seems like there's product after product. If you get that, all the time it will save you. And, but how many times last year did you say this? I just don't have enough time. Come on. 
I just seem to have enough time to get the things done that I need to get done. And so, you know, we, we, you know, we're very time conscious. And so over the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about this. And, and uh, I may disappoint some of you because I'm not going to tell you how you can get more things into your schedule. Because you've got so much in your schedule now. But what I'm going to talk about is how do you deal with the things that are out of your control? How do you deal with that illness? How do, you, how do you deal with whatever difficulty you may have, that inconvenience that you have to deal with, the delays? How do you deal with that kind of stuff? And we want to talk about that over the next couple of weeks. I don't know if you've ever been to a time management seminar. I've actually been to those things, read a lot of books. You know what? There's one thing that seems to be consistent with time management seminars and, and, and those books. They seem to indicate that you're always in control. That, that, that there's nothing out of control. And you know that's not true. It's amazing how much of our life, now I'm not saying it's out of God's control, but it's out of your control. And they kind of give you the idea that it's going to be okay that, that you got this controlled, you got this thing worked out, and you just put this formula in place, and everything's going to be okay. How's that working out for you? Doesn't work out very well. I'm so thankful that we can go to the Word of God That'll help us to deal with those uncontrollable times in our life, the illnesses, the inconvenience, the delays. I'm so thankful that it just doesn't happen to me. Now, I'm not the only one that faces things like that. Here in the Word of God, we see they also face it. Let's begin. Look at verse 1 of chapter 3 of the book of Ecclesiastes. To everything there is a season and a time, to every purpose under the heavens. And, of course, what God is saying here is that nothing happens by accident. There's nothing that just happens. There's no accidents. Uh, God is in control. And here's the first point, and there'll be five keys over the next two weeks that I want to give to you. And I'm, I'm giving these to you. I want you to write them down. It's why, it's why we give you notes. It's why we, we want you to write these things down. I, I'm not just interested in you coming to church and we chalk you up on our attendance roll. And, uh, you know, you've done your thing for God for the week. We really want you to come. And we want to give you some things that, that you can study later. That you can, if, if you don't get the message, you know, download our app and listen to it again. No, as painful as that might be. Do that again. Because we want you to actually, we're trying trying these next two weeks, this is the burden I have, I'm trying to give you some things that, that you can work on, some things that you can integrate within your life that can make a difference. I don't want you to, to finish up 2017 and said this, and to say this rather, I wish I had. I wish I had. I want you to be able to say, I'm glad I did. And things are different in my life at the end of 2017 because I did some investing of my time and my energy. And, it did, and I'm going to tell you, it's going to take some work on your part. Uh, you, it's not going to be something that you're going to, that's going to be easily done. And the reason that's the case, because we are going to be battled and, and fought over this. Have you ever, well, this is probably something you've never done, so I can't, well, I'll say it. Have you ever been on a diet? I'm not, I'm not judging, okay? <laughs> you know, you all remember my past. Uh, you remember that you probably a few years ago, I got so, I got so focused on, on diet and losing weight and fitness that I actually joined a uh, fitness center. Didn't go, but <laughs> I used to walk by every so often going, high five. And I don't know, it, 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 it didn't help me at all. I don't know what the problem with that was and all. 
But, so, but you know, the thing that I'm encouraging, I don't want you to, you know, end the month, even January, and say, man, it looks like it's going to be the same kind of year that I had last year. I really, I really want you to understand that this life, if you're here this morning and you know the Lord is your personal Savior, you have a tremendous power and tool available to you that you can not only change your life, but the world's life. You have it within you. And, but it's going to take some effort. I'm not talking about working your way to heaven. I'm talking about working your way through this earth, through this life, okay? Uh, uh, you know, there's no reason, since we're going we're gonna to live this thing anyway, we might as well make a difference. We might as well accomplish something. That's what I want you to do. Here's the point number one. Accept that the good, that God has a purpose in both the good and the bad times in my life. You've got to understand that. You've got to accept that the reason that God, God has a purpose in the, both the good and the bad in my life. Nothing is happening by accident. Your life is a contrast between positive and negative, good and bad. And then what he does in the next few verses, we see verses uh, a three, four, well, let's read them. Verse three, a two rather, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up, that which is planted, verse 3, chapter 3. <clears throat> a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, verse 7, a time to rent and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, Verse 8, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. And then he goes, what prophet hath he worketh in the written, and he laboreth. Verse 10, I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. And, and what you're seeing here is what God has done is give us 28, 28 kinds of life, uh, 14 negative and 14 positive. And what he wants us to understand, and, you know, it's so important that life, verse I'm saying, that life, is a combination of good and bad, positive and negative. If you're not careful, one of the ploys of Satan is to say, well, God is picking on you, and on it goes. But that's not the case. Our life is made up of positive and negative, good and bad. Uh, there in verse 11, look at the first part where he says, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Now, he's not saying that everything is beautiful, but everything is beautiful in its time. Uh, what we would like, as we look at 2017, uh, we would like to live a life that's pleasant. Uh, if we had our way, we'd live a life that there's no pain, no limitations. Uh, in fact, as the year would end up, we'd just be very selfish, almost selfish brats. But God says that the good and the bad have a place in your life. Now, I think the thing that's important to understand that when the scripture makes this statement, everything, what the scripture is saying, so help you, what he's saying by that is that it means everything. Uh, that's kind of hard to accept. That, that everything, there, that, that everything that's coming into our life is for our good. Uh, it includes all kinds of things. It includes loss. It includes illnesses. Uh, yes, it includes divorce. It includes financial disaster. includes a lot of things. There was a guy, it's a guy named Ray Stevens. Remember him? 
Okay, okay. He sang a song that everything is beautiful in its own way. Now, Ray was wrong. Cool song, but it was wrong. He, he, he certainly misquoted. Because here's the deal. Everything is not beautiful. Now, God can take things and make them beautiful, but everything is not beautiful. Would you agree with that? I don't think cancer's beautiful. I don't think a little child getting run over by a car. I don't think that's so beautiful. Uh, there's a lot of things that are not beautiful. And I think it's important to understand that, that what God is speaking here, that God can make everything beautiful in his time. And I think the point that he's trying to say here is that <clears throat> when, when God is at the center of your life, you've, you've made God first place in your life, even the mundane task of life can be God's will. You know, some of you are sitting here this morning thinking, I, I'm really in God's will when I'm in church. And I, okay. Or I'm really in God's will when I'm reading my Bible. Or I'm really in God's will when I'm praying. Uh, the only place I can be in God's will is one of those functions, but the reality, if God is really God of your life, if Jesus is first in your life, I mean, even the mundane things you can be in God's will. It can be God's will to cut the grass. And some of you ought to do it. It can, it can be God's will to take out the garbage. Uh, it, it can be God's will to fix that faucet for your wife. Somebody said, quit nagging me. I'll get, I'll get around to it in six months. But you need to understand that a lot of things, these can be God's will. And, and the thing that I want you to see here in this particular verse, uh, is 1 through 11, is the fact that you need to accept that God has a purpose for the good and the bad times in my life. They're not just happening to be happening. And so as you begin this quest toward 2017, it's very important that you do so with the right mental attitude to understand that God has a purpose. Now, I'm not saying I understand what it is. And what may be happening, I don't like it. Do you think that upsets God? Oh, oh you, know, they, I, you, know, I, you know what I think God wants from us? I think God wants us to be honest with him. I think God wants us to be honest with ourselves. There's some things that are going on in my life that I don't like. And if I was God, I'd change it. But he reminds me, I'm not. Get a grip. That's not me. And so I've got to accept. That the good and the bad in my life, God has a purpose in those. Point one, you need to get it. Continue reading in verse 11. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Might want to underline that one phrase. God has set the world in their heart. In other words, God has put eternity in their heart. I think it's important to realize that you know, our hope for immortality separates us from the, the animals. Uh, we have a little dog. We have a grand dog. <laughs> I know that's confusing you. We are, it was our kid's dog, and they moved away, and guess where the dog went? <laughs> I'm not. I uh, better let that go. Okay, <laughs> but anyway, as much as we like Burlu, his name is Burlu. Why is his name Burlu? Well, they live by a street. <laughs> that was Burlu Avenue. So I wish it was more, more valuable than that, but that's the best I can give you. But anyway, so Burlu, you know, Burlu doesn't, you know what Burlu cares about? Food. He likes to eat. He's into eating. And so I think, you know, he, he did, you know, Burlu, Burlers never come to me and say, you know, 
I'm thinking about retiring. <laughs> I, I love those commercials where their parents come into their kids' room. I got to take a day off, you know, type thing. But, uh, but he never does that. All he's concerned about, as long as he has his next meal, he's okay. But as human beings, we have the ability to look further out, a desire to know the future, if you will. We desire to know what's getting ready to happen. The problem with that is that we have a limited perspective on that because we have a finite mind. There's things that we don't understand, things that we don't get. And I think it's important that what God is saying here is that, you know, uh, these, these confusing times that we're living in, and, uh, and certainly they are confusing. And, and the second point I want to give you is this. I, I, I failed to give it to you. Affirm my faith in God in confusing times. Affirming my faith in God in confusing times. Boy, is that ever apropos today. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, we're living in confusing times. C can I help you with this? always been confusing to me <laughs> oh it's so confusing i don't know it's every year it's a confusing situation and all why because i don't know what's getting ready to happen you know I, I, I see the cocoon god sees the butterfly i see the problem god sees the solution we're not looking at this thing the same way you know what i'm saying and so i have to affirm my faith in god in confusing times that's called faith i always tell people it's easier to preach faith than to live faith. It's easier for me to talk to you about it than actually to do it. But it doesn't mean it shouldn't happen. Amen? It ought to happen in our lives. And so we have to affirm our faith. We have to affirm our faith in God in confusing times when we don't understand things. We can't, we can't figure things out. I think it's important uh, that, we, we, that we, we have a tendency just to look at the here and now, and God looks at the future. And may I say this to you this morning? I am glad he does. I am glad he's looking at the future. I'm glad, I'm glad and thankful that he is concerned about me and my future, and he has got it handled, got it taken care of. John 13, 7 says this. This could be tough. Jesus answered and said unto them, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. The question is, why does God keep things hidden from us? You ever prayed and didn't get your prayers answered? You ask God to do something, it didn't happen. I mean, you know, you're talking to God and it seems like he's not listening, seemingly. I think it's one of the things I think God is trying to, trying to bring to our attention is that he is God and you are not. I think it's important to understand that, that he is the one that's in control. You know, we need to get... Have you ever been around someone that's a control freak? Do you enjoy living with them? I don't mind that if they know what they're doing. Works for me, you know. But I found out that ain't always the case, except with God. God, God is in control, and he knows what he's doing, all right? He knows what he's doing. And I need to accept that God's in control and place my faith in him even when it's confusing, even when I don't have a clear picture on, on what's going on. But let me tell you this. This is what I found to be the case, and I've, the last few years I've been living kind of in a confusing situation, not knowing what to do in some areas, and here's what I found to be the case. If I don't know what to do, I do what I know. You know what I'm saying? Whatever I do know, that's what I do. A lot of times in praying, I pray, God, I'm getting ready to do so-and-so. You want to stop me? You might want to get on. You might want to go ahead and do it. I'm heading in that direction, you know. Uh, I think <laughs> living in confusing times doesn't mean we don't move forward. We certainly do move forward. 
But, but the reality is that even moving forward, sometimes it's not real clear, a little confusing, and I affirm my faith in God in confusing times. I know he has a plan and a purpose. Never fear of that. Sometimes folks get the impression, Dale, you've probably have seen this, where you know stuff. <laughs> well, he doesn't know anything. But, you know, where, where, you know, you're a pastor. You're a pastor, aren't you? You know stuff. You ever had someone come to you and said, uh, Pastor Dale, what about so-and-so? And you didn't know what to say. What would you say? I don't, I don't know. You know, here's the deal. You know what I tell them? I don't know, but next time I see Jesus, I'll ask him. <laughs> you know. You see, the thing is this. We have a hunger and a desire to, to know the future. And, and I think it's important to realize that, that God has no problem with that. But I think the thing is, he's, when he's left us here on earth, he has done so in a way that he wants us to live our life by faith. And faith comes into play that we, we accept, we affirm our faith in God during confusing times, even when it looks like the other side's winning. Even when it looks like things don't make any sense. Why? Because God's in control. And the, the thing that I believe that Solomon is trying to help us, trying to teach us here, is for us to understand that God is in control. You need let me tell you something. You're going to place your faith in something. And the sad scenario is that you're going to place it in you. I used to have a cousin, and I was witnessing to him. He would tell me, well, I'm a self-made man. <laughs> and I knew I should have shut up. But I just said, well, that just goes to show you what you can do with inferior material. Did you reach him? Nope. <laughs> but I felt good about it afterwards and all. We've talked later. But, you know, but, but I, when I think about what he, what Roger's, Roger's name, what, when I think about what he said to me, I think how many people, they may not be as bold as Roger was when I was talking about the things, but, but you know, we may not be as, as out up front or public about it, but it's interesting. When you look at people's lives, you understand, look, they are placing their faith in themselves because look at the results. And you look back at 2016 and the stuff that you got involved with and the decisions that you made and the actions that you took and you're looking back with such regret and sorrow and you say, man, I don't ever want that to happen again. I want to tell you right now, it will happen again unless you make some changes. You have to, this morning, you have to realize that, that God is in control. Second Corinthians 1.9, but we have the sentence of death in ourselves that we should trust in ourselves but in God. If you don't accept the fact that if you, if you don't accept God's grace during these confusing times, uh, you're going to have a problem. You know what happens when people rebel and reject? It's because they don't accept God's grace. You know what grace is? Grace is the ability to use to deal with the problems you're dealing with. Grace keeps your keeps your sanity. Grace keeps you on track. Grace helps you to move forward. And we need the grace of God. We need, we need God's grace in times when they're so confusing like they are now. When you affirm God's sovereignty, in other words, I'm saying, hey, God, you're in control. You're in control. What I'm encouraging you to do is change the pattern in your life. And you start by accepting that God has a purpose and a plan for both the good and the bad in my life. And then 
Times are going to be confusing, and I need to affirm my faith in God, not in a religion. Not in some, some religion stuff. You need a relationship with God. If you're sitting here this morning, say, how are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm a this, I'm a that, or I'm a something else. I'm saying, yeah, but are you a believer? Do you have a walk with God? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? That's what it is, isn't it? Now, how do I do that? How, how do, just, just all of a sudden, you know, uh, maybe after services, you come by and I'll, I'll zap you on the head and you say, whoo, you're, it's, everything's different. The only thing different, you have a sore head. That thing you probably come. So what do I do? Okay, how do I affirm my, my faith in God during confusing times? Three or four things real quick, and they're not in your outline, but let me give them to you. You've heard me say this before. Number one, you better start reading your Bible every day. Remember that old song? Read my Bible, pray every day, and you grow, grow, grow. Don't read your Bible every day, and you shrink, shrink, shrink. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Flashback. <laughs> read your Bible. Say, where do I start? Start in Proverbs. What's today? January 1? Read Proverbs 1. Tomorrow, Proverbs 2. Third day, Proverbs 3. Do that. Get in Proverbs. Start there. I know some folks start in the book of John. Okay, there too. I'm saying start somewhere. Somewhere. Read the Word of God. Number two, make your prayer list. People you're praying for. When people ask me to pray, I try to write them down. Israel asked me to pray for his grandson. Israel, if I hadn't written that down. Don't you like a name, Israel? <laughs> I like it. You're a cool name, dude. <laughs> but... Uh, if I hadn't written that down, I wouldn't be praying for your grandson. His heart's breaking for his grandson. He wants someone to pray for him. Don't tell someone you're going to pray for him. Don't write. You don't write them down. Now, some of you say, well, preacher, I have a photographic mind. <laughs> Go digital. <laughs> I mean, some of you, you're still on that film stuff. Get digital. So get your prayer list. One, get in the Bible. Two, get your prayer list. Three, get in church. We're having services Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We're studying the book of Acts, verse by verse. Get over here. Get in the Word of God with us. I mean, come on. We're going to get in the, we're going to learn something. It's going to change our lives. Get in the book. And you need help to do that. Come on. The third thing, get faithful in your giving. It bothers me that we're not faithful in our giving. You know, it's amazing. Do you know what Super Bowl tickets are, how much they cost? Even going to hundreds and thousands of dollars. You know, no one complains about that. You know what they say? I'm so glad I got one. Are you foolish? And then, you know, and so be faithful in your giving. Honor God with your, with your mission giving and your tithes and things of this nature. You know, put, put, you know, put God first in all these areas. We're at the first year now. Let's, let's do what's right. If you've been to Sunshine very much, you know, I don't, even, I don't hardly ever deal with this kind of stuff. Particularly in the giving area. I, I, you know, because people have a problem with that. I ought to speak on it more probably because it's going to change, change my life. So, hey, 2017 is coming. In about two minutes, you've almost used 40,000 seconds of your year. You could not use this anywhere else. And I say that, and I want to say this. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. I know you have choices, and I understand that. And... Uh, there's ministries in town. I want you to understand we're not in competition. We're on the same side, okay? 
oh, this is pretty sure Bieber. But so thank you for being here. Thank you for coming. My invitation to you this morning is, is, for, is for you to work on it this afternoon. So if you, don't, if you don't have a Bible reading program, you start today, Proverbs 1. And in February, I'll talk to you again. I'll help you some more. But let's do, let's do the month of January, Proverbs 1. I'm going to read it too. Let's all read it. Even Dale's going to read it. Will Cynthia read it, you think? Nah, she's so stubborn. I doubt it. But uh, she's hard to deal with. But uh, So we're all going to read Proverbs 1. If you don't have a prayer list, don't have a prayer list. It's not a big, you say, I got to write. No, just write. Just, you know. Someone asked you to pray. Now, Israel, with his grandson down. Yeah, pray for him. I believe, I believe God answers prayer, man. I really do. And so I encourage you to get that prayer list down. You know, get that t- taken care of. And then we'll see you Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Be here at one of these services. And then get faithful in your giving. You know, get fa- be honest. There's the offering plates are back there. Take care of that and all. And, uh, you know, this, this is the most pressure you've ever heard me give. I'm kind of liking this. It's kind of fun. <laughs> so do those things. Let's, let's make 2017. 2017, a different year. Amen? Let's stand if you would.